Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Discern Daily. We got a little bit of a different structure for you today. Me and my friend Riley Voth had a discussion about being a Christian on social media today. Riley's been engaging a lot of people on his personal social media accounts and been having some really interesting feedback. So Riley and I had a discussion about some of his recent posts. We just discussed some of the takeaways that we had from it. So I hope that this conversation will motivate you and encourage you and get you thinking. But as always, thanks for tuning in, and let's dive right into the discussion. Are you rolling? I'm rolling. I'm getting a good signal. Everything seems to be pretty good here. So, Good deal. Well, technology might be on our side for this minute, but not guaranteed forever. But we can go ahead and dive right in. But man, I really appreciate you. Um making the time to join me on an episode. We've, I mean, we've talked about doing an episode together since the beginning of this thing, because I remember talking to you um, about Discern Daily before we even started this thing anyway. And it's like, yeah, before you had done any episodes. Right. And we're like, okay, now we're, this is like 33 or 34 or something like that. And it's like, wow, it took, it only took over 30 episodes to finally do one together. But man, I appreciate you coming on with me. Um, Needless to say, you're one of my best friends and I love the way that you think. I think that you are probably one of the better thinkers I've ever met in my life. And I, I, I don't say that lightly. I really do think that, um, you, you know what you believe and you have a reason for the things that you believe and you're not one of those people that just you know hear something it sounds pretty good and then you just take it and run with it no you process things and you you really take them seriously when you say that you believe something i know that you're that you mean it so but anyway i i'm just glad that we can have this discussion um you know in the past we've worked together um you know, around social media and primarily, you know, taking our faith to social media and trying to connect with people on social media, you know, whether it's with the Majesty's Men or things, you know, on our personal accounts. Um, we've worked together for years, so I I trust you and I just love working with you. And I, I really want to, on this episode of Discern Daily, have a discussion about being a Christian on social media today. And, um, you know, we don't really have time to, you know, have a super long discussion here, but I really just want to dive right in and kind of talk about some of the recent social media posts that you have been posting, um, on your, on your personal account that you've kind of told me about what's, what's maybe one that you would like to share with everyone that has kind of, you know, stood out from other ones where you've posted something and people have kind of responded in an interesting way. Yeah. Well, um, I'll just, I'll respond to, to what you said and just say, yeah, I'm kind of glad to be finally having a discussion with you on stuff because I mean, you know, we, we used to live near each other and discuss things all the time. Now we're spread apart doing life, adulting and, uh, life can, happen fast and that is man 2020 has been the type of year that you need some buds to be talking stuff through with and and you need to be listening to other guys talking stuff through so and so that's yeah that's a good segue into um 
I have been engaging, like you said, on social media. And um, what started all of this, and that's the post I'll, I'll point back to, what started all this was, um, well, kind of two posts. I kind of eased into it a little bit with the first one. Um, you know, I've, like you said, we have a history of like, I've, I've been on social media doing this for um, 10 years. I mean, my degree was in communications. I've been doing social media and stuff online for a decade or more. And um, so I've always like kind of, you know, I'm in and out a lot for different reasons, but because of a lot of different things and timing and everything, I was ready to engage something when the, the big thing happened. I think it was actually in May that it happened. I don't actually even remember. This has been 2020, such a blur. But it started with a uh, murder of a young black man named Ahmaud Arbery. And um, that was my, kind of my easing into this in, in a very like strongly engaged way. Um, it was not the most popular one, so that's why I say there's kind of two here. So, Ahmaud Arbery, we were told, was a black man just out for a jog. And we were just told by all mainstream media and social media and every woman on Instagram and just everyone seemed to just get online and say a young black man was out for a jog and was hunted down by two white guys. And it just sounded like these guys were sitting in their living room, looked out the window and said, look at that black man. I've wanted to shoot one. Let's go shoot one. And and that's basically the way it was pitched to us. And everyone just got online and just immediately denounced it as obvious racism. Well, the truth was nothing like what we were told. The truth was um, a guy was caught breaking into a house. Um, he was he then fled the scene. He was jogging in khaki shorts. Uh, he was not just out for a jog. No avid jogger jogs in khaki shorts. Uh, I was I was an avid runner. They don't do that. Um, and and these two guys hunted him down. A very complex situation. Not hunted him down to kill him. They called 911. All of this was like known stuff. They called 911. They weren't trying to murder this guy. Like, hey, 911, we're going to kill a dude. Come get us. They confronted him. It went real bad. There was video. People got real emotional and denounced it as racism. So, again, very complex situation. And I'm not even doing it a bit of justice on how complex it was. I'm just kind of recapping. It was way more complex than that even. But what was crazy is all these people, including Christians, were online just saying racism, racism. And I just, I just like casually kind of posted and said, hey, wh where do you guys get, you know, your secret knowledge that this is definitely racially motivated, that this is racism? Um, you know, I would like to stand against racism too, but I just want to do it righteously. That was, that was the gist of it. I mean, it was kind of satirical. And man, people, I got so much flack for that, like from Christians even being like, like, forget righteously right now you need to be standing for this and you need to be saying that and like how dare you think this and and people just tell me bad take and and i was like flabbergasted by it i thought like surely there would be a lot of people be like oh yeah i was a little emotional but man this looks bad um and so i got a lot of hate and you know i, I kept kind of pushing on it though i kept like i even recorded a video and said like hey what if they found out, you know, they look into this and they find out that this guy, that these guys actually had like donated money to black schools or, you know, black families in poverty, you know, like what, you know, what if you found out they had black children that they had adopted? Like you literally have no clue anything about these guys, but you're saying it's racism and you're, it's slander. You don't know this. You have a 50, 50 chance of being right, but you're still going to be slandering a guy, even if you are right. Like, cause you literally don't know it right now. So what people were giving you hate on was you were saying, you know, when this when this tragic event happened, 
you basically said, hey, everyone, you know, should just slow down for a sec. And before we start saying that these people are racist, you know, we need to have some evidence for this. Right. And 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 you were basically in a right mind to say we need to slow down and see before you start slandering and calling people racist, you need to have evidence that they were racist. Right. 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 Yeah. And, I, you know, and I had tons of conversations with Christians um, through messages. I mean, I mean, I say tons, like dozens and dozens and dozens daily. I got I was having so many conversations across different platforms. And this wasn't even on the Majesty's Men, the big, big platform. This was just on my personal stuff, which isn't huge. Um, but so many people were emotional and heated and engaging this. And some were really sober. Some were like completely off the rocker, just off the rails wacky about it i mean but like and so i actually had to start like quoting scripture to christians and being like you know god's law says you cannot bring a charge on someone you know without two or three evidence two or three sources of evidence and you literally have no evidence about this heart motive you cannot judge a heart motive you do not know that what evidence do you have that says these guys are racists you are making a strong accusation that is slander and it is sin and people were mad well so that was like but I that was just like everyone was kind of yeah this is a complex situation and a lot of people I talked to would kind of back down and be like well he didn't deserve to die for that and I'd be like of course like nobody thinks that but you also can't say what you're saying um, you got to simmer down be sober what happened though sorry you go um, yeah what happened was shortly after that the real famous one that everyone knows about now a man named George Floyd was caught doing a forgery and again, like that whole thing happened where a white man named Derek Chauvin put his knee on him. That one was a lot more straightforward, just obvious act of wicked, not valuing life thing going on. Um, much more straightforward, not near as a complex case, but it was already like we have this heated emotion from the last couple weeks and then this happened and we know what happened there. Like the, all of society just blew up and was like ready to burn the country down and that's clearly what we were seeing well so same thing happened all these people including christians took to the internet and just started denouncing obvious racism and so this time like i didn't just ask questions like i leaned into it and just said we cannot be doing this we cannot be saying this and so so those are those are the two kind of kind of one same thing um and again this was like a few months ago and i've been since engaging a lot because 2020 has been a hot mess more than ever and social political spiritual stuff is just just crazy right now so <laughs> well what i what i really appreciate about you and the way that you engage people in social media is that you you're not afraid to pose a challenge for the good of the other person you know because like I know I know you well enough and I know that the work that you I know the work that you do and you're obviously not going to support racists. You're obviously not going to support wicked people doing wicked things. Um, but you in the midst of something like that, you bring up this this um, way of challenging our thinking because what you have sort of on social media today in many circles is this sort of mob mentality that you need to, you know, as if the mob is moving in a direction, you've got to move with the mob or else you're, you're evil. Like, what are you doing? But like in these cases, we don't have substantial evidence 
you know, that they were racist. Yes, they were wicked, doing wicked things, but we have to be very careful. And I totally get where you're coming from. And I, and I also understand the mob mentality that's going on. And that's why you got so much hates because you're not going with the mob. Right. Well, but so this is, you know, and this is what I was engaging with people just telling them is like, you like God's law spoke to this and God's word speaks to this. You know, you can just say God's word in general speaks to this. Um, and so I'm, I'm like having all these conversations with Christians and, and I was telling them, okay, what do you do with Exodus 23? Um, Exodus 23 verses one through three, where it says, you should not spread a false report. You're doing that. This is a false report. You have no clue if it's true or not. So even if it ends up being true, it doesn't change that you were spreading a false report. You were taking a wild guess and slandering a person. And it says, you shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. That's what you're doing. And, uh, you know, and these are Christians. They should like be like, well, hold on. This is God's word. It says, very next verse, you shall not uh, fall in line with the many to do evil, nor shall you bear witness in a lawsuit siding with the many. So, and, and then it says, you shall not pervert justice, nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his lawsuit. So God's word clearly spells out that what they were doing is sin. They were showing partiality because, and that's what people kept saying, but look at black lives in this country, but look at, and I was saying, it doesn't matter. Like partiality just because of a person's state of existence is sin. You do not know if your accusations are just. You have no, what God's word demands, two or three evidence of witnesses, like lines of evidence. You do not have it. You have one wicked act and you have no idea why it happened. And, um, and yeah, so like, yeah, I'm, I am always willing to challenge a person on these things because we can't just go off of what it looks like or feels like. We have to go off what is true and we have to do it the God-honoring way because we have to trust that if God's word says to do it this way, it's the best way. And goodness, by now humanity's gone on long enough, we should have the proof of that. Like <laughs> our, our, judicial system, our judicial system is based around uh, the Judeo-Christian law and and that's why it has worked so well there is a thing called due process and you cannot convict a man of being guilty of something without a trial he is innocent until proven guilty well obviously we had the proof that Derek Chauvin had done something that neglected human life like he wasn't valuing human life in that moment he was obviously guilty of a few things but racism we had no idea but unfortunately, in a time that we could have all come together and said this, everyone was in agreement that this is wicked. This should not happen. What he did was wrong. Every policeman, I've never heard anyone that defended that act. But So we could have all come together and had a big moment of unity and saying this is bad. How can we prevent something like this from happening again? And instead, we tore our country to shreds because of a slandering, false witness, partiality thing. And so, yeah. Well, it, again, I, you know, there's so many things to unpack from, from your engagements on social media, you know, with those posts. I really think that one of the thing to take away from that is, is to not follow the many, you know, to, before you're going to adopt um, a belief or an opinion or a stance on something or on an event like these, like you have to look at all the evidence instead of just seeing what the many are saying, you got to take it serious. So, yeah, well, and especially as Christians, like as Christians, we should be leading the example in discernment. We should be leading the example in, 
and not showing partiality, and no matter who it is and what the circumstances, saying, no, 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 we must engage this with righteousness. We must engage this with truth and justice. Like, we don't let something like that slide because of forgiveness or something. Like, we do demand justice. God is just, but he is He is righteous. Like, we have to judge this righteous. So we should be, like, more than anyone. Christians should be leading and voices of discernment and wisdom in those moments, but we looked exactly like the world. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's true. Amen to that. Well, uh, I'm going to keep us rolling because I do have some other things I want to get to in regards to social media. And plus, 95% of the things on social media are probably talking about the same issue on racism and things like that. So we're not going to wait you know we're not going to spend more and more time but i think that everything you've said has been extremely valid and i totally agree with it but in general you know as christians like you said we need to not be um partial in our thinking and i think that like you know beyond just the subjects of things like racism um i think social media seems just like a hot mess today overall um, that's just my take of it. And, you know, the recent events sort of have me, I don't even know how to necessarily articulate it, but I want to just kind of say that like, when I get on social media, I get really tired really fast. And I don't know if that's just me. Um, but that's kind of lately how I've been feeling. It just like social media just has been draining to me as a Christian. And I think a lot of that is me personally, just not connecting with enough like-minded people. Um, but overall, I just feel like social media is just a mess. And, you know, I don't really, other than YouTube, I think I have my personal account on YouTube still. I think I have a personal account on Instagram, even though I haven't posted in like many years. Um, yeah, I haven't, done that at all i just i'm just tired of social media and i just like personally don't feel like getting on it but you on the other hand i think have been like you've taken sort of a different like approach and you have seemed really motivated to engage the culture and i think that's worth noting how sometimes even though like social media can kind of like be a hot mess today you have some christians who want to withdraw from it and you have other Christians who are wanting to engage it. And I think both are valid, like responses to, to everything going on. Um, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Like, do you, I mean, obviously I would, I would assume you would guess that social media is a hot mess today, but like, I just don't know what to do with social media as a whole. Like, what do we do with social media right now? Yeah. Um, you know, we have to see it for, for what it is. And, and that's where I start when talking about this. I mean, you know, and beyond just what it, I don't mean just what it is like currently playing out as like, yeah, it's a hot mess. Uh, we got just people just emotive and screaming at each other, what their feelings are. And, and like, there's, I was just hearing someone say today, like there's these studies, I haven't, I haven't looked at them, but they, he was quoting saying, there's these studies that show, you know, false, false news, fake news reports and things like that. Um, spread like I don't even remember now he was saying something like 10 times more than like actual truth and stuff and you, like 
you know, it's a hot mess and, and people love the things that just get them fired up. And, and part of that is because of human nature. Like we don't spread things that make us go, Oh, isn't that nice? We spread things that get our emotions like real high, but I mean, beyond, beyond just like seeing it as like, that's what it is right now. We have to see it as like, what is this tool? And social media in its simplest form, I mean, it's a tool, but it's also a public space. It's it's a public forum. It's like a town square, except the entire world can fit into this town square if they want to. And so, you know, social media is a reflection of human nature. Like, that's that's what it is. And with some complications, like that, that's a bit of an oversimplification because it's not just human nature where we're all standing in a square face to face. It's, it's human nature where the face is removed and you just have this like caricature of a person and you just imagine them at their worst and you imagine you at your best and you're just railing on each other. So we have to see it for what it is. And, and it's, it's nasty. It gets really nasty. It's, you know, it's supposed to connect people and it actually ends up dividing people. Um, but it can also be used as a great thing. Like one thing, and this is, I mean, this is a whole nother topic. Like we could have a whole conversation on, on technology and social media just alone, like a whole long podcast on it. But like, it's a wealth and like all forms of wealth, we can greatly abuse it, but we could also greatly steward it and do amazing things with it, such as what you and I are doing right now. We're having a great conversation when we live like six, seven hours away from each other, at least. Um, and you know, I could have conversations with people literally on the other side of the globe in the same way. And so saying, you know, so we have to see it for what it is and not have unreal expectations, but in the same way that you would like say, you know, you don't need to be in the public square every day. You need to, you need to spend some time with your family and stuff. I agree with like what you were saying. We do need to take an assessment of ourselves, our health in all ways, you know, spiritual, physical, familial, uh, financial health, all these different aspects of our life. And we need to be able to say, maybe I shouldn't be engaging in the public square right now of social media. And especially given the temptations and the issues that you're dealing with and the stuff that's online that might, you know, affect those, like there are different times that you should not be doing it. There are also different ability levels that people have that would mean they should not be doing it. Um, you know, you and I, like we mentioned at the start of this, like we have a lot of history of doing stuff online. You know, you were around when we started the Majesty's Men. You helped get that going. And like, you know, I've been blogging and engaging online for, like I said, over over a decade now. And there was times that I thought I was really ready for something. I should be really doing this. I should be, I, I should have a bigger audience. And looking back now, I'm like, man, I am glad God did not give me a bigger audience because I would be so embarrassed of myself had more people seen a lot of the stuff I was saying. Whereas I am in a different place right now, and it's just been kind of God's sovereign timing. Because, I mean, you know, we've had long conversations in the past few years about, like, should we completely pull back? Should we delete accounts? Should we, like, all this different stuff? And and I've been dealing with that just like you and many other people I know have. But right now, there's just been kind of a sovereign alignment of, of circumstances where when this stuff started exploding, I was engaging things theologically that I've never been able to engage and have articulated for me um, such as like culture war type stuff and theology of like eschatology I mean I know this seems like like how does this all even relate but it does and it all kind of aligned at the same moment of this like societal moment uh, of just explosion of emotions 
So I was ready to do it. And also just where, with where I'm at in life right now, I'm not like depending on anyone. I have no one that can like cancel me. I can't lose my job for stuff like that. So I was ready to like step up courageously and be like, no, 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 no. Like I got to say the things that, that other people can't say. Um, because this is this is crazy, and Christians should do better. And man, I have had so many people, pastors, policemen, military people, teachers, I've had so many people like across the spectrum message me and be like, thank you. I can't, I'm afraid to even press, press like on what you're saying because of, of what is going on. But, but I've had so many messages of people saying like, thank you for saying what you're saying. I don't know anyone else that's saying it. Um, we're, we're, I'm so glad to know you're out there saying this. And so, you know, and as a Christian, and I, I like, I've not even, feel, I've not felt like I've said near what I wanted to say or said it even as well as I should have said it sometimes or, you know, as Christ-like as I should have been. Like, I, I and I feel like I'm only just starting, but it's very encouraging when, like, I've, I've had a message from a pastor that is, I've had multiple, but I'm thinking of one in particular that messaged and said, said, I have people on both sides of these issues, like the COVID stuff, the racism stuff. And he said, I feel like I can't say a lot. But he said, I just have to say, your stuff makes me laugh. It makes me think. And I've just really appreciated you doing this. And I've had another lady who's not a Christian at all message me and said, I was on the other side, but I've been watching your posts and you've actually really changed my mind on some, on some stuff. You've made me like question it and say, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And like, what are we doing? And she's not even a Christian. You know, I'm, I'm largely speaking to Christians because we're the only ones in the universe that have a basis for our morality and sh- can have these conversations. So, and you know, okay, so that circles us around back to your, even your original question of, so what should Christians be doing? Well, like I said, it depends on where you're at. And that's really complex. Like everyone's got, everyone's got different gifts. They've got different circumstances. And, and, and we could have a whole conversation about that, and maybe we should. But, but so it depends on where you're at and what your abilities are, what you're called to do. You need to be sober about all those things and what you're gifted to do. Um, and I think that's a wise response because it's—I don't think it—you know, because I do believe there are multiple different responses that we could be doing that are spirit-led. And that I think that's what makes the church so beautiful— and and I don't think it's as simple as, okay, do Christians dive in or do we all withdraw? I think it's both. And I think that both can bear fruit. Yeah. And, you know, and like there and there's this other dynamic going on right now where like things are a little bit different than normal, obviously. I mean, 2020 has taken it up a whole nother level. And um, like one of the ways I've been saying with people who are like, why are you engaging like this? Like you're being divisive. And I'm pushing back saying like, no, it's not divisive to call someone out who's being divisive. Like that's not, that that doesn't make sense. But, you know, and I, I've just had a lot of conversations like that with people and people just genuinely being like, I want to understand what you're, you're saying and what you're, because that's not what I'm getting up some like in other places can you just explain it so i've had like great i mean i've written novels the last few months with people because i do believe i do believe we shouldn't be grandstanding we don't we shouldn't get online say our thing and then just like slam the door you know like if you're going to get online to engage people you need to engage people like don't have a higher view of yourself like i'm not a celebrity i don't have like hundreds of thousands of people and i couldn't possibly do it so if i'm going to engage people online i need to engage people so i've been like if they message me i have a long long as long as they want to go civil discourse you can ask my whole family they've been like oh my goodness you're living like i'm just writing novels with people 
when we're, when we're dealing with ideas. And, um, you know, so, so anyway, I do think like you need to right now also acknowledge that times are a little different. And so if you possibly could, uh, um, you maybe should be engaging. But again, that doesn't look the same for everyone. And for a lot of people, it shouldn't be on social media because a lot of people could get on social media, stick their foot in their mouth or stick their foot in Christ's mouth and, and do, do more damage than good. And so, so, you, you know, you need to be sober about what your gifts are and everything. And, and then for some people like, you know, you should actually just pull back and just hug your kids, love your wife, work a job, raise some money, stay quiet, mind your affairs, you know, like scripture says, work with your hands, live a quiet life, but, but then support those who are going to battle. Cause I mean, that's the thing we are at war. And what I don't like about this cultural moment is there's a lot of Christians that are talking like, and pastors, I've heard multiple pastors say stuff like this, um, in this time of like, you know, these innocent families are just caught in the midst of this. These innocent schools are just caught in the midst of this culture war. These innocent churches are just caught in the midst of this culture war. And I would push back on that because I would say, no, we're not. Like, this war has been raging since Adam and, and the garden, right? And, and, and then even more so, this war has been raging since Christ's ascension. Like, he said, go, and this is going to be a big deal. Like, the world's going to hate you just as it's hated me. And we have like lulled ourselves into this luxury in this country. Like I call it like a theology of luxury where we've just like pretended this battle isn't happening. And we've just been watching sports, watching Netflix, entertaining ourselves to death. And the enemy hasn't been on vacation. We have. The enemy has been infiltrating everything. Our churches, our families, our government, our schools. And, and we're not just like this thing I, people keep lamenting like, well, we've lost our ability to have a civil discourse. And what I'm pushing back on right now is I'm saying we're we're not having just a battle of ideas anymore. Like let's have a civil discourse. We're way past that. We're having a total all-out battle of wills at this point. And so we need more people with a strong will to engage that. And you know some of that needs to be in the public domain, in this public forum where you're going to get a lot of hate. You're going to have Christians that think you're being ridiculous. You're going to have like friends that just denounce you, want nothing to do with you. And we need a lot more, I'd say men mostly, but we need women that do this too. But men that lead out and being like losers, like they end up, like everyone thinks they're a loser. They lose friends, they lose money, they lose jobs, they lose ministry opportunities because they're willing to say things that are a different category from the left wing, the right wing, Trump's our savior, there is no morality, then we have moral autonomy, you know, um, like we need to say a completely third category that makes other, everyone that's not Christian stop and go, huh, I hadn't thought about it like that. That's a different and better solution. And Christians have the different and better solution. We need more people that can push against in this battle of wills because man, the enemy has not been on vacation and we're getting ransacked on every side. It's interesting you bring that up because I think a lot of times people today will, you know, it's everything's so political, especially on Twitter, as you know, that like people tend to make it a right or a left issue. You know, they try to be on the right or they try to be on the left and they try to, you know, talk bad about, you know, the other side. But when it comes to the kingdom, like it's not a matter of right or left. It's a matter of dead or alive spiritually, right? Like 
this is what the church should be focused on is not Trump is our savior or anything like that. It's we need to be preaching the gospel because that's where that's how faith is going to come. That's how real change is going to come is through the gospel. And, you know, we need to not be so caught up on right or left or political things. We need to be focused on the mission. Yeah. Well, and, and as Christians, we could be honest and say neither the right or the left has done much good at all. I mean, look at where we are. Um, both have, both have had power, both have had power at different times and the ability to do it like almost whatever they want. Our government is pretty brilliant in that it's set up to have a gridlock. You can't just run rampant just because even all your powers are in power. Like your side's in power. We are set up to have gridlocks, checks and balances. It's hard to get things accomplished in this government and that's by design. It's brilliant, but that's a different thing. Like we've had the ability to make changes like, you know, the right, which is normally associated with more Christ-like values could have made a lot of changes, but they were cowards and they might say the right things, but they end up being cowards. And then you have the left or, you know, that's used to be liberal, but there's this whole sect of them now that's gone extreme left, extreme godless. And like, man, the Republican Party is not the party of God, but the Democrat Party has nearly become the party of Satan. Like, there's only one party that is just, just wants death, like defends death for millions of innocent people, and, and then calls other people racist like they have moral, the moral high ground. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, but again, Christians, like, I don't know how you can be a Christian and side on the Democratic left. That's, like, satanic. But you also, like, shouldn't be tying yourself to the Republican right. Because, again, ne- neither of these are have have a track record of being very godly. And we, again... And neither, neither of them are the silver bullet. No, not at all. But like you were saying, so politics is only a reflection of our culture. It's downstream from culture and, and, and down. So, and culture is downstream from religion. So your religion is just, so let let me say it this way. Politics is religion played out in the public square. That's, that's what it is like, but even before politics is culture and before culture is worship. So like culture is based off the word, you know, like cult, what do you worship? Like, so what you worship, what your religion is, affects culture, and downstream from culture is politics. But what we're doing in this country is we're reversing it. We've got rid of God. We've said that that has no place in politics. Keep that out there to your personal self, and we're going to legislate morality because you got to understand. Like, there's a popular Christian idea that like you can't legislate morality, but morality is always being legislated. It's just whose morality. And so we have we have we have flipped it around, and now we say politics first. That'll affect culture and make culture what we want it, and then culture will determine religion. And even in the church, we've accepted that. We look like the culture. We're affected by the culture. We're trying to be like them, and and we're deifying the state we're deifying the government and with our little daddy issues and neglect like rejected god issues we're saying government you be dad you be father god you fulfill in me what what i need provide for me do do all these things that government was never meant to do basically be my god be my father and and we've reversed the way it should be it should be god culture politics that reflect that because politics and government was supposed to be just here to protect society, but we're wanting it to play God now. And, and we're reaping what we've sowed intellectually and spiritually by, by not engaging in this thing like we should. Again, we've been on vacation 
and the city of God has been stormed by the city of man. And, and we're sitting around, we're, we're looking around going, well, can't we just have some civil discourse? And meanwhile, they're lighting our home on fire and trying to, trying to, trying to take our children because we have hate speech and we're teaching them to hate people because we say, no, a man can't be a woman. Well, you know, again, we're not having a civil discourse. By the time we're this far into it and we're doing hate speech because we say a man isn't a woman, like, and, and they want to turn our schools into a religious, I mean, a religious institution, which they always were. Schools were originally made to teach people, to teach kids to read the Bible. That's how schools were started in America. It's always been a religious institution, but now we send our kids off to these schools that teach far left satanic thinking, and we're told we're doing hate speech if we speak against it. This isn't a civil discourse on ideas. This is a battle of wills, and Christians need to wake up to it. I mean, I'm so I'm so far behind on what it what hate speech is now. Like, I feel like I'm so far behind. I feel like I'm going to trigger people just by looking at them funny. Like, I I don't need, I can't even keep up. <laughs> well, that's part of. I mean, that's part of it. That's that's exactly how it's supposed to go. It's um, we are an emotive society. We are supposed to dictate what is good based on what we feel. And that is a lie from Satan. Scripture does not teach that. Scripture always says that you are to love the Lord your God with all your mind. You know, like we should always be engaging our mind. We should be thinking these things through. What is true? What is true justice? What is, you know, what is right and good for for everyone? Because there is no, there is only one truth. Um, but, but a lie from Satan is, what do you feel? And Scripture tells us the heart is desperately wicked. Like, desperately wicked. Do not trust your heart. Do not trust your feelings on things. And so, but again, we, we've, we're flipping everything. Everything's just getting flipped in this culture. And Christians are like acting like they're shocked. Like, like we just weren't ready for this. But, but the problem is, and, and, you know, this is another thing that came up in those social media posts, going back to that, everyone was getting online and all these pastors saying like, like now's the time for listening. And like, (laughs) no, that was like years ago, like at least six years ago on the social justice racial stuff, at least six, seven, eight years ago. Like this kind of started in 2013. At least two years ago, you had this whole slew of people that put out the statement on the gospel and the social justice statement. John MacArthur was a big leader of it. It was this big thing though. And lots of media, lots of talks, lots of books have been put out. And they were those guys that put this big statement out and signed it, hundreds of people signed it. It was very controversial. This was, I think at the beginning of 2018, it might've been 16, I think 18. But, you know, a few years ago, Everyone was like, it was so divisive. And those guys were saying, this is the the most dangerous idea that's hit the church in centuries, maybe ever. It's going to be extremely divisive. Those guys look like prophets in 2020. Like, like they were saying that, where were you pastors? The time for listening was years ago. Some of us actually were. What were you doing? Watching March Madness? Like, what were you doing? Um, it's funny you bring that up because I remember talking to other pastors when I was, this is when I was serving vocationally in ministry, as I think the one you're talking about. I can't remember what it was called, but it was something on social justice, right? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just called, um, goodness, the Statement on the Gospel and Social Justice, I think. It's, yeah. Yeah, so I remember talking to pastors. This is while I was serving in vocational ministry, and I was like, guys, I think we need to sign this. 
And everyone, everyone else said, like, no, we should not, because this is just one of those divisive things that you don't need to get yourself involved with. And, and I didn't, you know, and I stay, I didn't sign it or anything like that, but I was like, I read through it and I was like, I totally agree with this. Like, but there's a lot of people who have this mentality of don't bring any unnecessary trouble or drama or anything like that your way. But I was like, no, this is like, this is preaching to the culture. This is preaching to the world, what God's word says. And it's not in the form of the Bible, but it's like, this is written out and this is like legit and we need to let them know this is where we're coming from. But a lot of people push back and they say, eh, it's unnecessary. I don't think it is that unnecessary when you look at where we are today. Right. So like it maybe felt unnecessary in 2018 because most people couldn't see the trajectory and people always want to denounce the slippery slope argument. Like, but, but in 2020, it looks pretty necessary and even more so because when this exploded, like I said, you had all these people that were saying Christians just need to listen out. Like pastors were saying that. And I was, I was saying, you're the only Christians are the only people that have something meaningful and substantial of any value to say right now. We're the only ones that can actually speak something helpful to this. Everything else is a worldly solution that only brings about more problems. Like, and I mean, on its face, you can see that you had Christians saying, well, this is a systemic thing. We need to put other people in power. That's one of the big pushes of the Black Lives Matter movement. It's just we need to just switch the power structures. Okay, so we got sinners in power now that are causing this, and your solution is just switch the sinners. Just put different sinners in place. Come on. Christians offer a better solution. Christianity, God, offers a better solution. So we're the only ones that should have actually been saying something, and we should have been ready. If, if you were a pastor, you should have been ready for years, like you shouldn't have been posting a black square saying, I'm listening right now. You know, and again, we have to be careful to not like, it doesn't mean we go bash people over the head. And I mean, I know this is, this is getting, this is getting long and, and there's, there's so much to say about this. We could have like five podcasts about all of this, but, but like there is a structure and this is, even as I've engaged this, part of the reason I was, I was ready to do this is because I was thinking all these things through and I had a bit of a paradigm to engage this. And this is just, I'll throw this in for whatever it's worth. We have to be able to distinguish people in the way we engage these things. And a, help, a helpful framework, I can't even remember where I got this from. I didn't come up with it necessarily on my own, but I've modified it to help me out, especially on social media, is like we have to be able to soberly say, you know, there's two kingdoms in this world, Scripture teaches, and, and some people are generals in that kingdom. They are leaders that, you know, Proverbs calls them mockers of God. They know what they're doing. They hate God and they make a mockery of him. And those are people that we should engage with full force. Satire, a hard and dangerous weapon. Fire at them, show them to be fools, show their ideas to be foolish, you know, take them out. They are, they are wolves. They know what they're doing. They're the generals. But there are a lot of people that are like just soldiers. And some of them are not even soldiers necessarily against their will, like are at their will. They're kind of like slaves, you know, and scripture talks about that. Like they're slaves to their, their sin. They don't know better. And you need to kindly just tell them a better way. You don't need to shoot them. You know, they would come to your side and fight on your side. Like they could be recruited. So we do need to like be sober and wise in how we engage. And that again is the problem with the social media and the public sphere. It's hard. Like sometimes you shoot this big dangerous weapon like satire 
at this idea that needs denounced. Like, we have this ridiculous notion that Christians always need to just have a discussion about things. No, sometimes we need to just denounce things. Some things aren't up for discussion. Like, we need to denounce it. But you do that, and there's even Christians that in their silliness are hanging so close and friendly with the world that they get burnt as well. And you didn't, you wouldn't have meant to burn them. You would have rather have had a, you know, sit down conversation in the living room and say, honey, I know you just watched a guy die online. It's really emotional. It's terrible, but you need to put your phone down, take a breath, talk to some fellow Christians, think it through, don't get on social media. And here's some biblical truth, you know, but unfortunately, they're up there acting like the world. And so when you blast this idea with the strength you need to blast it with, it hurts them too. And that's the danger of social media. And that's why I say you're going to get a lot of people that hate you if you do this. And you might not be in a place that's ready to, to deal with that right now. But, but there needs to be a lot more people that are ready to deal with that. Well, and thankfully, you know, there's, like you said, there's, oh my gosh, we could talk for hours on what it means to be a Christian on social media today. I, I kind of want to transition us out with one more question for you. Um, and, and thankfully, you know, we know how all of this ends, right? We know that Christ will return and we, we, we know how this is going to end. And I think that, like you've said before to me, like that will dictate and that will motivate us. That will influence the way that we engage. And I, th I think that's really re crucial to remember how everything's going to end. But needless to say, as Christians, we've got to link arms together, right? There's no, you know, like you said, yeah, there are some generals and there are, you know, leaders in place. Um, but I still don't think any Christian should be tackling social media alone. You know, if you are someone who is called and equipped um, and ready to engage the culture on social media, then do it, but don't do it alone. You know, we've got to link arms with each other, especially those who are like-minded. Um, what is one way that you would encourage Christians to link arms together today? Oh, man. Well, I just want to reiterate, I think that's crucial because, I mean, even as I've been engaging this, so I, I've got um, some friends, and again, this is all just kind of sovereign stuff that led up to this. I, I felt ready to do this because I I have some friends and pastor, um, pastor friends, pastors that have been, you know, kind of in my corner, and we've been able to message each other through this. They've been engaging this too, and and our boldness has like rubbed off on each other, and we've been able to, you know, even kind of critique each other and say like, mm, you know, but but also, like like maybe you, maybe you went too hard on that person right there, you know, but but also we've just been able to like message each other at times and just be like and call each other and just be like. Oh, this is exhausting. This is so tiring. This is so discouraging. Because, like, you know, you're saying these things, and then you get this, like, prominent celebrity Christian that goes online and says the opposite, and just all these people are like, oh, and they share that, like, there. This guy's refuting you, so ha. And obviously we know he's great. And it just takes, like, all the wind out of your sails. You're like, really? Celebrity Christian? Like, you... What the, so, you know, it's been so good to be able to like call and talk to a friend and just be like, man, I see you doing this too. This is tough. I see you taking hate like crazy, but don't be discouraged. I love your boldness. I love what you're doing. I love what you're saying. You are being loving to these people. 
it it's it's not unloving to be firm. It's not unloving to call sin sin. You know, to call division and divisiveness divide. You know, so it's very important. This is what I'm saying. Like, so man, I'd I'd have a few things to say. And one one um, to link arms is obviously join a good church. Like you need to be. So there's there's a few things here. So one, you need to be in a church where you hear biblical truth plainly and boldly. And this is a big deal because most churches aren't like that. Like, honestly, it's just most churches aren't like that. And what I'm going to say here is you need to be in a church that speaks bold biblical truth. There's a lot of churches that will actually do even expository preaching from scripture, but they like they won't touch social issues. They won't touch the things that people are dealing with. They just speak in generalities, even as they go through the scripture. They just speak in generalities. And you need to be involved in a church that will say scripture plainly, but also boldly. They will address issues. Because if your pastor is too afraid to address, apply God's word to hot topic issues right now, he's also going to be too afraid to apply God's word to his people. Like, he won't address issues in his people either. He's not going to shepherd you and pastor you well. So you need to be in a good, brave church, led by brave, godly men preaching the bold hated but good scripture and that'd be a sick name for a new church brave church brave that is, <laughs> yeah that's a good one all right brave that, heart write that down brave heart church yeah um <laughs> and then you know with that comes like uh, the other thing like and we've talked about this some before like have conversations with each other before you just get on social media that's a great way to link arms with one another because like you know I, during all this time too, I had a lot of sit down conversations with people because like, you know, some of the more Christian folks were like, man, well, let's just get together and talk this through. And I'm like, all right, next time I'm in town, we'll do this. And so I had a lot of sit down conversations. One of them was even with the guy that he is a pastor. And he was like, you know, going clear back to the Ahmaud Arbery case. He said, he said, well, it sure looked like racism, you know, and we're sitting there having a cup of coffee in his house, talking this through. And I said, yeah, it looked like racism, but did you know this? Did you know that? Did you know this? All this stuff was was public knowledge, but the media wasn't telling you this. And then also consider this verse and this verse and this verse. And by the time we left, he was like, wow, I'm glad I didn't say anything online about it. Because like, just you, when you talk these things over with other Christians, you get all these different perspectives and ideas and scriptures that you hadn't thought of. And, you know, you can help like control your emotions. You know, Proverbs says the man who can control his spirit, control his emotions is better than the man that can lead thousands of men in an army. We need help doing that and being trained in doing that. And we, so those people are usually in a good, strong church that is also being trained in doing that. So, so all that goes together, you know, be in a good church, have conversations first with Christians before you get on social media. Don't just blast your feelings and thoughts out. But also, I would say if you do feel called to engage this, and we need more people that are, and again, this totally depends on so many things. I would not shame Christians who aren't wanting to, but I do think we need more who will and who are healthy and ready. Um, then I would say collaborate on things bigger than what you can do yourself, because this kind of goes back to like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be just an island, like. But we this is a bit, this is another issue. We have this huge thing right now where you get a few gifted smart Christians and they want to be a celebrity, and we got to get rid of this ridiculousness of like. I need to build my platform. And this is why, like even you, I know we've had conversations why you got off uh, of social media for a long time anyways and shut all your accounts down because you said you felt this in you. There was this, there's been this thing for years for like people are trying to build a platform, Christian platform. Everyone needs to listen to me, come to me for truth. And, and I, I think the antidote to that is collaborate with other 
bold, strong Christians doing something bigger than what you can do by yourself. So like my example is the Majesty's Men, you know, you know, that's just one example of something where a lot of us come together, a lot of us say some things, a lot of us can talk to each other. I mean, all the guys that I was talking to during this, I know through the Majesty's Men, and we have, we've become like-minded, we know each other, we like each other, we trust each other, and we're helping each other be a stronger front in this cultural war that we are engaging, and we need more of that. Like, it doesn't even need to be with the Majesty's Men. It can be who knows, like any number of things, but if you're engaging online often, like, well, lend, lend your voice to things, like, don't try to recreate something. I mean, again, like, I'm a weird one to say that, because I started The Majesty's Men, so, like, sometimes, yeah, you might, you might have this totally unique idea that's going to be totally different than everything else, and totally worth building. Usually not. Usually you should, you should band with other people, and, and do something, but here's my, Here's my one other last thing, which relates to all this stuff that we've been talking about. And this will, I almost like hesitate to say this because, I mean, some people will just think I'm off the rails kooky. But, but, I mean, this has been an undertone in everything I've been saying. And I, and I would, I would say this too. We need to start thinking, when we're talking about linking arms with other Christians, I think that we need to start thinking about what is the reality, the state of our government, our life in this nation, and even the world right now. And we need to start rethinking the way we are doing life completely. And so hear me out on this just real quick. I know it could sound kooky, but some of the guys that I've been talking to, there's been this conversation bubbling up of like, of people saying, you know, there's been this push to move to the city. There's been this push to like go out, plant churches, do ministry, like like we're missionaries out there. But what we see is a lot of Christians that are isolated, churches that are weak, they're underfunded, they can't do anything. And in the cities, it's like this oppression of groupthink that gets down on the people and they end up turning liberal, trying to be like the culture. What I'm saying is there's been this like bubbling idea that I'm starting to attach to a little bit of like this idea of maybe we need to realize that the city's been stormed. Like Jerusalem does not have its walls anymore. The enemy is not at the gates. The enemy is in our house, burning our house down. We maybe need to like consider, reconsider the way we're doing life in general. So like maybe you should, maybe you should quit your job. Maybe you should quit your church. Maybe you should move out of the city. Maybe you should go live in close proximity and do life with other Christians. Like this, this is why I say it sounds kooky. There's been a conversation going on, and a lot of the guys I talk to online, of like this idea of sanctuary cities. Get out of the city. Go to a small town where you can actually affect the culture and raise a family. Have lots of children. Raise them in the Lord. Don't let the secular school system teach them their religion. You teach them. And, and start changing culture because this is a cultural warfare time. It's not like 2020 is not going to simmer down and we're not going to get back to life as normal. We have a new normal. Like, we need to understand that. And so we maybe need to regroup, retrain, re-rally the troops, and send people out in strength. Because right now, dude, I mean, you know, we've talked about this. Christians are weak. And I don't mean just, like, in willpower. I mean, we're weak financially. We're in debt. We're weak physically. We have terrible health. We're weak theologically. We don't know the world from God's word at all. 
we need to regroup and retrain. And and I know, I, again, it sounds kooky, and that may not be for everybody, but I think with just the way culture is going right now, and again, this gets into like, you know, like you said, what you believe about end times and eschatology and all this, but, but you know, the way culture is going right now, things are not going to be better for at least a while. So even if you are of the post-mill mindset that like, Christians are going to take the world. We are in the millennial reign. The world is becoming more Christian. This is like a, a dip down, like happens in all of human history. We dip down before it gets way better. We are still going down. We're still in the downward dip. And so it's even if you're of that mindset that it's going to get a lot better, and the pre-mills just think everything's going to get worse until Christ returns, which, you know, there, there's validity on both arguments there. But either way, it's going to get worse for a while. And... Christians are going to get a lot more hate in the years ahead. Like, there's no doubt about it. No matter who wins the election coming up, like, it's going to get worse. So a lot of people maybe need to rethink, and I'm not trying to be a doomsday. I'm actually very optimistic. I think if we do this, we can actually affect real change. So I could say a lot more, but I'll leave it at that. I mean, you know, if people are actually interested in this idea, message me. I I mean, this, this is like... This is honestly what we're doing. My wife and I did not accidentally end up out here on a ranch in the middle of nowhere. We are we have been we have been strategically making moves of like we need to become less dependent on others. We need to get to a place where we're financially strong, where our family is healthy. We feel like we can do things and affect change. And then, you know, our next step will be where do we do this like in a jointed way with others and do church church and life together like for real not just lip service like what most churches do but like deeply for real so i don't know i'll i'll leave it at that <laughs> i like it well and i i think you're absolutely right in that like people think that once 2020 is over we'll go back to regular life i don't think that's probably what's gonna happen um it looks like we're seeing a lot of new norms uh in our culture unless some other drastic events happen um but uh, man, I really appreciate your um, comprehensive answers. It's given me personally a lot to think about too. And um, but I dare, I, cer- I certainly think that we as Christians need to continue linking arms. It's going to look different for each person. I think how they link arms with other Christians. Um, but we certainly need one another, especially um, today. But Riley, I appreciate you coming on the show with me and. Um, yeah, it's been really good to sort of personally get to ju- digest some of the things that have been happening in the culture. And uh, I really appreciate your thinking. And you've always been a consistent soundboard for me to help me get thinking um, rightly. So, man, thank you so much for coming on with me. Yeah, well, I appreciate it anytime. Um, we could we could probably have 10 podcasts about almost everything we've talked about here. So it was a lot to digest. If anyone wants to reach out and talk more, I'm always happy. Awesome. Thanks, bro. Yep. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this new episode of Discern Daily. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, you should do that. If you're not following us on Twitter, you should do that too. We're always trying to tweet stuff and retweet stuff and connect with people just like you. But hey, it would help us out a lot if you'd share this episode with other people if you found it useful. And let's seek the truth together.